Mediated Conversation on SAFM. Good morning. Time for your Mediated Conversation this Monday morning. Last week in the High Court in Polokwane, a court application started, which sees seven communities in Limpopo challenging what they say is the practice of traditional councils and leaders imposing taxes and levies on them. They say traditional leaders are forcing them to pay money, which amounts to a form of tax. They also claim in some cases if people don't pay this money to traditional leaders, they will not get a proof of address or they'll not be allowed to bury their residence on traditional land controlled by these leaders when they pass away. However, as I understand it, in court, the traditional leaders say they're not imposing a tax. They're rather asking for a voluntary levy. This issue raises important questions about the role of traditional leaders and about the power they have in our society. It also leads to questions about who has the power to impose a tax or a levy in our society. As I understand the Constitution, only government has the power to impose what's called a universal tax. First this morning, the co-lead of the land program at the Legal Resources Centre, which is bringing this application, Vilmeen Wickham. Then... To respond from the Congress of Traditional Leaders, their president, Hoshi Matupa Makwena. And finally, Professor Musa Kulu, a cultural analyst and expert. We start then with a pre- with Vilmeen Wickham from the Legal Resources Centre. Vilmeen, good morning and thanks for your time. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Why are you going to court? What are you asking for? Uh, so these uh, communities, it's individuals from seven different traditional communities and an organization working in Limpopo, they approached the court to ask for an order that uh, compulsory payments um, um, levied on, on traditional communities, that those, whether it's, it's empowered by legislation or customary law, it is unconstitutional. When, it is, you know, when, it, when, a, when a payment is compulsory, it is a tax. And as you say, only... Only government may tax people. So this uh, this case is specifically ab- uh, about the you know enforced payments, and people talk tell the court about fairly severe sanctions imposed upon them if they if they don't pay the levy. Um, and I think an, an additional um, really difficult issue here is that because these are completely unregulated. Um, these levies can be, you know, can be five rand or five thousand rand. There's absolutely no standard uh, for what people can be made to pay for, you know, just a general annual levy or for a specific thing. Um, and the clients tell the court, you know, of different levies for uh, maybe a, a, a chief's wedding or 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 something like that. Um, and you know that's that is clearly unconstitutional. And so that's really what what this case is about: is to to to, to have that made clear by the courts. Do you have proof that they're forcing people to pay it? Yes. So so the community members, you know, they they share with the court not only receipts but also, for example, letters that they received. So two of the applicants passed away during the during the course of the litigation, and both of them received their families received letters to say, well, they can't be buried because they they're they're out of date with their taxes. Um, so there's very clear evidence that this is being, um, uh, uh, you know, people are being sanctioned when they're not not up to date, so-called, with their taxes. Um, so I don't think there's any question that at least some traditional councils are doing this, and, and certainly the ones involved in in this case. It doesn't mean everyone's doing that, and those that are not doing it will not be affected by the case. Um, was this? Uh, has this become normalized? Is there a long history to this? And I realize the history of this is likely to be contested. Did this happen during colonialism or before? 
Yes, well, and interestingly, at, at least on the court papers, the history is not contested. So um, I think both, all the parties agree that in terms of customary law, pre-colonial times, that people paid tributes, you know, that it is a part of communal life and, and, and to give contributions to, to uh, traditional leaders and councils. Um, but, you know, it was always something voluntary. Um, and it was in that way, it was also a way for for community members to hold their leaders to account. If if they're not happy with what is happening, they can withhold the payment. Uh, but it was in the colonial and then certainly apartheid times when um, those uh, governments turned these payments into tax, you know, and they, and they legislated things like a hut tax and a, and a dog tax and all these very notorious Bantustan um, 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 uh, uh, laws. Um, and these were all abolished, the legislation, of course, after 1994. But I think in many areas, and it's not just in Purpo, the practice has continued um, where people are forced to make these payments. And that is really what this litigation is about. Could there be many people, maybe millions, <coughs> excuse me, maybe millions of people who would be quite happy to pay this money as part of living in a communal community, living with a traditional leader? Is it possible that for many people, this has been part of life since, well, forever and they've accepted that well yes and if, if they do so voluntary voluntarily that this litigation will not affect them at all this litigation is you know it's not saying people are not allowed to 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 give money to traditional councils of course they can if if um, if that's what they want to do this litigation is only about you know the uh, uh, the instances where this becomes a tax where you are punished for not for not paying um, so, you know, I, I, I think everyone accepts that as part of communal life, um, as it should be, people want um, often to, to make contributions. It is just that, you know, you, it, it cannot be turned into a tax. And that, that is the issue really at the, at the heart um, of this. I mean, I should also say, you know, if, if the argument is that, that people have become used to paying taxes, as part of life, you know that that, that shouldn't be right. If it, you you shouldn't be used to paying an, an unlawful, unconstitutional uh, uh, tax and accept it uh, because it's what you're used to. If it's unlawful, then it must be stopped. Um, and then you know, you, then you get at the heart of of customary law and restore um, the customary law, which is really, I think, what everyone wants here. It's just trying to eradicate these lingering practices um, that that are really sowing discord in communities. Vilmeen Wickham, thank you. Co-lead of the land program at the Legal Resources Centre, starting your mediated conversation today about this court case brought by the Legal Resources Centre. They say that this amounts to a tax, these demands, and as a result, it is legal. USAFM, 21 minutes to nine. Khoshi Matupa Makwena is the president of the Congress of Traditional Leaders. Khoshi Makwena, good morning and thank you for your time, sir. Morning, Stephen, and thanks for having me, my leader. Do your members, do traditional leaders force people to pay taxes or levies? Uh, leadership, uh, I want to dispel this myth that was said by uh, the previous speaker that uh, we are forcing people. We are not. What's happening, maybe for people to understand, is that uh, there will be a proposal from the traditional office, and that traditional of uh, levies will be taken to the community for approval. In many instances, community will say, no, this is too much, want to reduce it. Now, the Hoshi or the, 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 the senior traditional leader, 
don't just wake up one morning and say, no, I want to uh, text people. It's not happening like that. So it is clear that uh, the previous speaker does not have a clue of what's happening in our traditional council. Of course, uh, uh, Stephen, uh, I'm not surprised because uh, the people who are taking uh, those traditional leaders in the Popo to court are like hired guns. Hired guns, you remember there was this lady from M. Singer. She had an issue with uh, her traditional leader. Now, she was used as a trump card by the Legal Resource Center. They will fly here everywhere in the country where there are public hearings. They do the same thing to some two men from Shongwe in Pumalanga, where they will book in some expensive hotels. Any public hearing, they will be there. They will oppose anything that had to do with traditional leadership. You think of a traditional cause bill, the TKLA, you talk of uh, the communal uh, land tenure rights, they will oppose anything. But there are so many things happening in the country about the criminality, where our old people are being robbed and so on. They won't do anything about it, but they will target only traditional leadership. Right. It is clear that uh, they are being funded by those imperialists. So they're fighting anything that destroy the institution. No one is forced, uh, uh, Stephen. So, so you said that there's community consultation. So if, for example, Mdu Stanza and I formed a community and we had a traditional leader and there was consultation and Mdu and Stanza agreed that this should be the, the, the correct levy and I refused to pay it because I'm difficult, um, would I still be forced to pay it if the rest of the community had agreed? The arrangement, Stephen, is that uh, the community are the ones who are putting anything that had to, had to do in that community. If the community had resolved that uh, this would be done in our community, it is a community that will force you to do it. It's not the, 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 traditional, the traditional leader who go all out to say, I'm forcing you to do this. It is the community who are taking such a resolution. In a community resolution, then, if that is taken, mm-hmm. Uh, Stephen will be f- uh, forced by the community to pay. Guess what, Stephen? The, the highest that is paid per annum is 50 rand. It's 50 rand compared to what is paid to uh, some of the municipalities to services that don't even exist. But here, people are just arguing. Um, it is clear that uh, these hired guns are just used by the LRC to lambast or to ridicule the institution. Unfortunately, Stephen, some of these uh, actions by the LRC, we are aware of it. And unfortunately, whatever decision that might come, it might not be enforceable. Can you imagine if a traditional leader will fold their arms to say, yes, that that company that is funded by some imperialist, it's saying uh, this is how the community must uh, live their lives from now going forward. We are not going to fold our arms, uh, Stephen, I can assure you. No amount of court decision or whatever that will force people to abandon how they are conducting themselves as a community, my leader. Okay, so, so I just want to, and I'm sorry, Koshi, I just want to understand this a little better. So, so if the community agrees that everybody should pay, well, let me just go back a little bit. You're saying that the yeah. only amount is 50 rand. No one, for any reason, for a car or a wedding or anything like that of a traditional leader, is forced to, ma- to pay more than 50 rand a year or is asked to pay, rather, f- more than 50 rand a year. You say that on the record, definitely only 50 rand a year. My leader, in fact, the lady that spoke before you, she was disingenuous and she was insulting us as traditional leaders. We are having this government, even though they're not doing well, but I can tell you that many of the provinces, our government is assisting traditional leaders to have vehicles, to be able to move around and service their own communities. 
government is assisting traditional leaders with vehicles. There is no way in which I can wake up one day and say, community, please buy me a car. It never happened. Now, in terms of levies, it differs from area to area. The area, for example, at Machivela, uh, here, people are paying 20 rands every, uh, every year. Only 20 rands. The following year, they pay 20 rands. That's how it's done. You may find that in some area, maybe the, the community have resolved that they were paying this way because the decision is by the community. The ones who are deciding on the fee that must be paid as a levy in their um, area. There are many politicians, there are many officials, many of our leaders who got buzzers from traditional authorities. Those buzzers were paid not by the, the, the chief himself, by the community who contributed levy. And some of those people went to school. Some there, some of them are, are doctors, are professors. I can name them, um, but I, I don't have their permission to name them now. Mm. Now, hence we're saying that levy is not solely used by the traditional leader himself. Our government, even though it's not enough, they are giving us stipends every month. So why should I force community to to pay me while government is paying me? It's not on uh, Stephen. But we understand the Legal Resources Center, they are up in arms against us. Unfortunately, we're not going to allow them to do as they please, my leader. Those traditional leaders in Limpopo who have been taken to court will be there to defend them, will be there to support them, and will make sure that they, whatever outcome, if it's against us, we're going to appeal until to the highest court because as traditional leadership, we are not going to allow people to dictate and try to destroy how we're conducting our lives as a community. My leader, Stephen. And so, um, so if a traditional leader tried to force people to pay money for a car or, or a wedding, that would be wrong, right? That would be wrong. You would say that that would be wrong. For a wedding, uh, Stephen, it's not on. It's not on. As a Hoshi, if I had to marry a kindly wife or a mother of the nation, it is a community that goes around and arranges that, that wedding. Because that, that wife is not mine. She belongs to the community. The community is the one that is marrying that wife. That's why I was saying uh, in, in, in Soto, Kimaosi Chaba, the mother of the nation, is not my wife. That's why even if I want to expel that wife, I cannot do that because she has been married by the community. There is no chief who just go, hey, please give me money. I want to marry a wife. It's never happening. So it is clear, uh, Stephen, my friend, that's a uh, shame. The, the, the lady that don't even, even have a clue, but I'm prepared to give her a free lecture one day if uh, that can be uh, arranged, just to tell her how we conduct ourselves as traditional leaders in this country, Stephen. Okay, and so you, you, you so, so people give money, you say voluntarily, what services do they receive in exchange? So, so another way of asking the question is what, what do traditional leaders do for communities? And obviously there's an important answer to that question. For people who might not know the arrangement uh, in the setup of traditional leadership, people will come to the traditional leader to ask for proof of residence. They'll come there for marriage counseling. They'll come there to ask for residential sites. They'll come there to be assisted when there are quarrels. They will come there to uh, advise the Hoshi about some services that are not there in the community. The Hoshi will summon the uh, local councillors, uh, municipal councillors, or even MECs or ministers to come and account. For example, this Friday, we as traditional leaders in, in, in Bumalanga, we summoned our government of, of Bumalanga to come to account to the people. They came, all the MECs were there. That's what we're doing. And the community are so happy when they see us doing that. 
But people, because they are not aware of this, and the media is not publicizing what we are doing as traditional leaders. They might think we're just sitting there, uh, bulking under the sun and so on. We are doing so much, even though um, badly paid or underpaid, but we're not complaining about that. We're just saying we are here to service our people, and our people are happy. It's only one or two, and we agree, Stephen. There might be one or two people who are not happy with how we're conducting our lives. It's like even in, in, in this government, it's not everybody's happy with what government is doing, so we cannot avoid that. But unfortunately, when it comes to uh, communal uh, arrangements, if you are not happy with what the community is doing, you must argue in the midst of the community until you convince people. But unfortunately, if you can't convince them, the law of that community will stand. So those who might not be happy to stay in um, rural areas, there are many who have uh, decided to go and stay in towns and some townships and so on. We allow people to do that. No one is forced to stay there if you're, not, if you're against whatever rule that has been imposed by the community uh, themselves. Stephen. Thank you. The President of the Congress of Traditional Leaders of South Africa. In a moment, Professor Musa Kulu, the cultural analyst and expert. SAFM. Guiding you through the rush hour traffic. We've been keeping an eye on the Mopoli Highway to Pretoria this morning. If you're leaving Shoshengueve, you're still going to sit in traffic. Thea Martins around the bend down towards uh, Bremer Street. Uh, Jeburg, side, a little bit of traffic just on the Mike 1 still between Parktown and Sandton. That's driving into a crash scene uh, by Caller Drive. And a bit of a back- backlog on the N3 North Marlborough Drive up towards uh, Baclou Interchange. The earlier crash that we had at Benoni on your way to Joburg, uh, that scene has been cleared. Don't forget, please, the closure today. This is very important. Uh, if you need to get between Durban and Peter Maritzburg, blasting works on the N3 at Linfield Park and at the same time on the R103. So so both of those routes, the N3 and the R103, uh, will be closed into that Linfield Park area. Traffic trucks and motorists will just be stacked on both the highway and on the R103 between 3pm and 4pm. So the idea today, Durban, Peter Maritzburg, go before 3 or go well after 4 once the road has been reopened and you've allowed that enormous uh, backlog of, uh, of uh, queuing traffic to uh, to ease through. Uh, it'll happen today, it'll happen again on Wednesday as well. Uh, still to queuing pressure between Komashu and Gateway on the N2 North towards the airport and Cape Town. A little bit of traffic on Marine Drive coming in through Pardon Island and the N7 North queuing past a crashing between Bosman's Dam Road and that busy Platycliffe off-ramp. Rob Byrne, SAFM Traffic. Mediated Conversation on SAFM. Continuing your mediated conversation this morning around this court case brought by the Legal Resources Centre against traditional leaders in Limpopo. Professor Musa Kulu is a cultural analyst and expert. Professor Kulu, good morning and thanks for your time. Uh, good morning, Stephen. Good morning to your listeners as well. There seems to be quite a big argument on the facts here. So the question then comes, are traditional leaders forcing people to pay taxes and levies? And that's probably where the court case will be decided. So it'll depend on the evidence. But do you believe traditional leaders would be forcing people or people would be paying something that they didn't agree with and there would be a pen- punishment for them if they didn't? Well, I listen to both sides with much interest, Stephen. The effect of the matter is that um, at the moment, there's still a huge problem in South Africa as government and other stakeholders are trying to locate the role of traditional leaders in a democracy. That becomes um, important because before 1994, as has been said, traditional leaders tended to be more aligned to what the apartheid system told them to do in relation to levies and running the, the, the community. 
challenges. It's becoming difficult now with the emergence of uh, democracy. So you see a lot of these court cases happening, irrespective of whether maybe traditional leaders are happy with the court cases or they are not happy. The fact of the matter is that ever since to the year 2000, when the new uh, municipal system came into, into, into effect, it's beginning to be difficult for rural communities to pay levies in addition to paying for municipal uh, uh, um, services. And you'll find that, of course, in case of municipalities, because it's more regulated, there is also what is called indigent support policy, where if a family is poor, people can't afford it, uh, then they, they become um, uh, recused from paying those, those, those uh, levies for, for the services. In case of the traditional leadership system, and we did this last year, in May, organizing a conference that looked at what is the role of traditional leaders in a democracy. It's not resolved yet. I'm saying possibly what, how I would look at it uh, for, for the Hoshi that was uh, talking there is that maybe they should come up with case studies, not a generic kind of situation that say, no, no, this is what we do, this is what we do. A case study like in community so and so, this is how we have done it, in community so and so, this is how we've done it. The second problem is, of course, is what happens to that money? Um, how is it accounted for? And so on. We can say lots of things about um, communities, uh, this and that. I've been to some of these meetings. I know that there's usually very little room for opposing views. So maybe uh, traditional leaders, um, especially in, in Limpopo, where the ex seems to be saying they can, um, uh, 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 get these levies from communities should stay, take a few step back, steps back and look at how not to be seen to be oppressive in the manner that they were seen to be part of the oppression of the apartheid system. Sure. So, I mean, there's it, it's always the case with humans. You may be allowed to do X, Y, and Z, but sometimes you shouldn't do X, Y, and Z. And what you should really do is work with the community as much as possible. There'll always be one or two people who disagree with you, but if you can take them on board, I suppose this gets to what, what political scientists often call legitimacy, if you can make sure that they feel they've been heard, then some of these problems would go away if they were managed better. No, definitely. As, as I say, the... the, the culture in in rural communities is always to has always been to make it very difficult for especially let me say the youth and others educated maybe who are more democratic in their thinking to to add their views in public i agree with you Stephen, that maybe a culture of engagement from traditional communities traditional leaders could help them to to, to gain more legitimacy i'm saying this because when you look around now, um, uh, with uh, you know the boom in in rural housing, with all these tenderpreneurs building big houses there, this is going to become the center of conflict in future if it is not managed correctly. You talk about conflict. Um, this kind of case can also be seen in different ways. It can put our constitution against customary law. The constitution comes above customary law, is my understanding. It puts our legal yeah. system against traditional law. It also puts 
maybe the view of people who live in urban areas, almost, to be very carefully how I choose my words here, against the views of people who live in rural areas. Um, Khoshi uh, Makwena was very angry with Philmine Wickham over this, and I can understand that. I think if we open the lines now, we'll have a lot of anger going both ways as well. Yeah, no, definitely. But it's not necessary to be angry in a democracy when you get challenges. It's part of democratic processes. You'll get people who want you to explain an account. And the best thing that can happen, I go back a little bit, Stephen. The 2003 Act, the 2005 Acts, which then the provinces enacted, uh, as well as the 2019 Act, they're all very vague on this issue. And I think it was deliberate because there's conflict between what traditional leaders would be seen to be doing in rural areas as against rural municipalities, which are, which are more regulated. So that gap of not being able to, to be specific about how to collect levies, how to uh, 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 you know, make sure that poor people are exempted, how to give out these proofs of residence without having to look at other things. As I heard of a, a case where a lady, for example, who qualified um, for in the police force and she had applied for this position. The traditional leadership in Limpopo somewhere decided not to give her a letter of proof of residence because her family had not been paying levies. So you are in that way you could find yourselves, they could find themselves promoting poverty unnecessarily. I think the culture of engagement leading to legitimacy is what needs to be cultivated in urban areas as well as in rural areas, everywhere, so that in, constitutionally we are, we are the same before the law. Professor, thank you so much. Professor Musa Kulu is a cultural